0: Welcome to the Performance Health Podcast. My name is Tim Karen Today, we're going to be talking about practical of filtering information. talked about last week with principles, making sure that you have a diverse group that you're looking from in terms of looking for continued education or just general resources to help you in areas that you're not already proficient in. And this one, we're going to look through the dangers of potentially having a very vertical silo of people that you work through or learn from and what that could actually lead to in terms of the inevitable need to produce and create new products and revenue for them and how you might be actually adhering to something that's built off a very very less than tried and true method what we call hypotheticals make sure you check out ph podcast to dive into the curriculum this module along with over 49 50 more broken up into four sections coaching movement nutrition and training are all available to you at PH Podcast Curriculum. This is a completely evolving ecosystem that is gonna grow and expand its library every single week, every single month, every single year. They were adding more video, more audio, more written, actually more modules. We've added five modules since we've accepted this in 2021. So as you start to go into these podcasts, Remember, there's a actual module online that supports this that gives you a plethora of not only visuals, graphics, written, uh, but other resources to dive into. And then also it has a forum that you can ask questions for and dive into, you know, quite frankly, call anyone out uh, like myself on, hey, is that true? And that's a really important question. Strength Deficit, our book on leveraging eccentrics versus concentric contractions. This is a go-to resource to create ratios to optimize for your sport. This is available at phpodcast.com. And also, too, coming soon, we have the course, of the practical guide, the companion to Strength Deficit, going to be available for you. It's going to be an online e-learning module-based course that you can purchase with the actual book for a bundle deal or in isolation, that's going to be a really good resource for you as well. That should be available here by the end of 2022. Excited about that. we getting a lot of questions based off the book and you know, this is really what this hopefully is going to help answer that on a more global scale. Finally, realize.me. This is your command center for all health and wellness data. This is what I use to collect all my information from my body composition to my performance training to just tracking of... Uh, food, water, everything, and then I could create experiments. Hey, I wanna lose five pounds, or hey, I wanna gain three inches on my vertical jump. Okay, well, let's start to compile some resources in a one single source dashboard, and let's start to create experiments. What's the impact of a program, or a nutritional intervention, or different strategies that I can use to help in terms of performance. Realize.me, your companion center for all health and wellness data. It's what I use, it's what I use with my clients and athletes, really good resource. Get over there now, they have a great newsletter that they can get onto now and they have a beta version that's available for all users. So uh, check that out, I think you guys will really enjoy that. Without further ado, let's get into filtering your information, practical. So let's talk about the practical filtering of information and one of the things that we talked about with a is becoming more of a generalist and more of a let's work on some weak spots right the the difference between extra and necessary is necessary is needed extra is just wanted so as we start to evaluate and do an analysis of what we need to work on we should build our continued education around that now This, the practical portion of this is going to go into this concept of being weary of hypotheticals. And, you know, one of the areas I think it's so profound about our industry is it is a science as much as people want to say it's not, there's definitively an an art to it, but there's hopefully more routed science in what we do, right? A lot of theory, not a lot of proven laws. Um, but as we start to unpack what we need, we're gonna be susceptible to ideas and ideologies, frameworks, models, exercises that all have have a very either good or bad means of captivating our attention. Right? The the thing we try to allude to in principles of filtering information is talking about what is needed and what is needed is you know where are you deficient in and what, what you have in your profession right so if I am not a head strength coach or if I'm not working at a division one university or if I'm not making enough money as a personal trainer you know what are my what is my direction Do I need to work on more programming skills do I need to work on more coaching skills do I need to work on more sales do I need to work on more, uh, overall, managing of my business, you know, and there's an infinite amount of resources available in any of those areas. And there's more areas to work on. But I'm just saying, for example's sake, you know, this concept that as you start to unpack what you need to do, it's going to be hard to filter what is actually going to help you. And it's going to be hard to filter what is actually going to be the thing that's going to help you get to point B most efficiently, you know, so you could do stuff, right? And there's this, there's this amazing thing in our industry that we have, it's called productive procrastination. And I think it's centered off this constant need to prove ourselves and constant need to, to stack ourselves up higher and higher so we can provide more and more. And this is one of our strengths, right? We've always taken on the hard jobs. We've always taken on the jobs that no one else wants to do. We've always done what's, what's in a lot of ways, what we appear is necessary, but more times than not, it's actually just fluff and extra. And that's not awful per se, but I'm just saying from the context of, we apply that same methodology and that same mindset when we go into continuing education, that we just do stuff, right? We do stuff quite often and this this materializes into this concept of of reinforcing shared beliefs right we go to conferences where we know everyone and where we all agree upon everything that we do that we say cliche things it's all like it's all about just getting strong or you know the strength is the mother of all qualities and we just we just hang our hat on things that are convenient and easy to say and we build our narrative off of that as well. We talk, go into this direction of, you know, strength conditioning is is fit into this nice small box that we can easily articulate to anyone around us, what we do, right? The, I think the, the thing we talked about in negligence and ing- ignorance uh, module here is, you know, this idea of if you're negligent, you know what to do, you just choose not to do it. If you're ignorant, you don't know what to do, so you don't even know if you're doing it wrong in the first place. And there is an element of when we're choosing our continuing continuing education, we can reinforce whatever side of the spectrum we're on on that, right? That if we know that there's things out there that can provide value to us and help us train our athletes at a more proficient level, and we choose not to do that, that's one thing. And we could start to go to conferences and read books and do seminars that reinforce what I already know, what I already genuinely believe actually pulls me further away from things that might bring a contrary view or point of view. And over time, we become extremely susceptible to being a narrowed and very obtuse Person And we talked about this in our principles, but there's very few people who can make a lot of money working with a very small segment of the population and as a whole, the rest of us mortals have to go around and be very valuable to a lot of people. That's the only way we got to cast a wide net with a really good net in the first place. So it's in our best interest to get outside of our comfort zone, to learn things that we don't already know or don't truly understand, and try to accentuate our weak spots to be more valuable to a larger group of people, especially as we're climbing, right? I'm assuming the most part of the people here are not making a million dollars training people. I'm assuming you're just like me, and that you have to work with a very diverse group of people that, quite frankly, Need a very diverse skill set. You know, just yesterday alone, and I just coached for two hours. I worked with a person with ankle surgery two years ago. She had 50% asymmetry on her jumps. So if you ever worked in anything on a force plate, 15% is pretty significant. She was 35% more than that. You know, and I had another guy with three fused vertebrae. I had uh, another woman who was an elite level athlete. I had a functional movement screen. a person who was great on everything but had over 25 percent asymmetries on like jumps on his Nordics and he had a one zero on his functional movement screen shoulder mobility I had another guy who was doing great he's crushing it he's at 13 percent body fat wants to gain muscle he's training three four days a week he's really taking it on like a sponge my day was incredibly diverse that's what I'm saying so imagine if all I looked at is through this very narrow lens, right? You know, and I think that's would be easier on me to force all those people into a box, right? To say I'm this kind of guy and this is what I do, and everyone with those unique problems and your different desires and goals all have to conform to what I want to do. That would be way easier, and I'm telling you, it's not the right path, but that would be way easier, the road less traveled, right? The the idea that if we Want something we've never had? We got to be willing, to, willing to do something we've never done. You know that dynamic of of filtering your information, and this is where I'm going to get to here. I'm going to land this plane in here in a second. Is we are so vulnerable as customers, and we have no idea. We have so we're so vulnerable in terms of captivating our attention. And we have no idea, right? And I see a lot of. I see a lot of information on Twitter and, and, so, and social media about if you don't like them, just block them, remove them. And I get it, why would you want that? And I think it's a very toxic place, right? They think there's a lot of elements that some people just want to cause damage when they get on social media. They don't, they don't have any agenda other than choosing violence. And I can imagine they're probably isolated. I can imagine they're probably frustrated. I can imagine that when you say things that are polarizing, that they feel attacked and they want to jump back at you and it creates this never-ending cycle of of just anger and animosity so i can see the the idea of just make a wall get those people off your off your your sight line don't think about their perspective but that would be a hypocritical thing to do because that's what they're doing the folks that are extremely set in their ways that everything that is against what they believe is an attack, you're, in a sense, replicating their persona and their narrative. And you're becoming more reinforced in your beliefs. Now, you could believe on the side of things that you are based off empirical evidence and objective data. You could. Or on the other end, it's you're just as susceptible and as vulnerable as everyone else. But what it does, and this is where I'm gonna to get to here now, is you put yourself in this camp that, hey, I'm this type of person, and I associate with these types of people, and I believe what the group believes. And we're on, we're on the side of right, and for context, they believe they're on the side of right as well, who has a contrary point of view, just for your understanding. Everyone thinks they're right. And that's not the point it's not saying one ideology is better than the other it's not and you know if at this point if you listen to me you know i don't believe in one camp right i don't believe in in pigeon holding yourself into something that quite frankly is limiting because i think that's going to hold you back but overall everyone thinks they're right but once it gets through this filtration system and you want to stay productive and you want to stay effective with your coaching you're going to start to compile more resources that reinforce that. And at a certain point, it reaches this threshold. I don't know when it comes. And if you're really intelligent, you get to it quicker. If you're really hardworking, you get to it quicker. Is when you start to get the same regurgitated thing and the only thing that's going to captivate your interest is what I call hypotheticals. So I want you to be I want you to think about the things that you've done from a continuing education standpoint. And if you've been coaching for over five years, what makes a decision off this? How do you choose something? I'm going to talk about this in our case study, which if you're not a member of PH podcast curriculum, I go through case studies for each module. So we got A principles, B practical, and then we go into case study. And I'll talk about how I choose my continuing education, how I chose it over the years as well. But With that being said, is if you're very, very narrowed and you're obtuse with the groups and the beliefs that you have, the only thing that's going to really get your attention is someone making an outlandish claim. And the only way to do that is by talking about what you would do in a hypothetical situation. Now, let me elaborate on that. Think about the people that have the most the most pull in our industry, the one who has the most, the most weight when they say something, and I'm sure there's some names conjuring up in your head, thinking, "Oh, I, I really had to adhere to what this person says. He says this, she says that. I really value that. Man, whatever they say to me is gospel. What we've done in that situation." is again, narrowed our focus onto one person's belief structure and then we reinforced that connection to what you want to believe is true or what is more convenient for you. You've built up your walls a little bit higher. And that person on the other end, you know how hard it is to come up with something new in a very, very tried and tested industry like ours? You know, the, the idea if it's, if it's too good to be true, it probably is that someone came up with an amazing concept that you've never heard of in this very narrowed camp of belief and structure that you've never heard before. Gotta be, gotta at least think right now how many times we've all gotten burnt on something that was again, too good to be true, but marketed really well. And something that we either had an appearance of novelty or, or uniqueness that captivated their attention enough so that we put our credit card on, on that file and we purchased whatever that was whether it was a book an online seminar an in person course we all went for it we all went for it hook line and sinker and they were going through it wow this is amazing oh my god I've never thought about that I've never seen this before this is how did how did this person come to this conclusion And then you go to that next step, the proverbial next step. And this is a really definitive, pivotal moment. You either sit there and say in the back of your mind, this is not applicable. This is not practical. I can't do this. Or you try to do it and you realize it's not really applicable or practical. Either way, whether you have a better radar on not doing things that you know are not necessarily practical or you have a little bit of courage in you to say, I'm going to get outside my, my comfort zone and try something within this archetype and infrastructure that I've never done before. And you realize it's probably impractical and not very context dependent. You know, I just finished a book called Strength Deficit, and I got a course on that coming out here by the end of the year. One of the things that I think is so important for me as an instructor to tell you, someone who's in the trade too, right? You know, I just told you coach yesterday, I'm coaching today, right right after this, I'm gonna press stop, I'm gonna upload this to the cloud, and I'm gonna go coach for five hours straight. No, sorry, seven hours straight today. And with that being said is, if I don't work with people, and all I'm talking about is theory, and all I'm talking about is what I would do if I was working with people, it would be a lot easier to say to do something, but I am working with people. And when I am talking about my book strength deficit and my core strength deficit, it is a lot better for me to tell you, you used to work in every situation, but I thought what's best for you because it won't It's a framework, it's a model. All models are incomplete. Some are useful. Everything in what we do, I don't care what it is. Powerlifting, Olympic lifting, track and field, bodybuilding, different methods. You can do 6-12-24, you can do 1-6 methods, you can do weight release hooks, you can do bamboo bar, oscillating bar, you can do flywheel, you can do whatever you want. I mean, go into nutrition, card cycle, ketogenic, fasting, blah, blah, blah. You can do it all. But it only works in certain situations and the better ones realize that faster than others. And when you're online and you see something like, wow, I've never thought about that. You gotta ask yourself why is because it was very impractical or because it was so effective that, that you just missed it. So when we're looking at someone and we're saying to them and you don't want to judge them because a lot of people have a really strong background in, in training people and they might've been able to pivot into education. And maybe they're just amazing public speakers. Maybe they're just really, really smart and capable of of finding things that are really impactful to the greater good. Maybe they're just guys out there who are coaching on a daily basis and coming to these conclusions and just really good at turning that around and sharing that with their audience. It's all the above, probably. But if they're not working with people, and you know those folks, you know who they are. They're just idea people, and they're just getting the their, their idea vomit out there to the world, it's very likely a hypothetical and not really tested. And what I would say is where this is really problematic, is if you very, very if you have a very small circle and you only learn and adhere from things that you already really know and agree with, and that person comes out with a hypothetical, they're probably not doing the best for you. And this is for me, the area that is probably most important in terms of filtering information, because I'm a coach, I coach, This podcast, my online curriculum, my book, my course, anything I do from a a mentorship or consulting basis is all secondary to my coaching. So if I'm right there with you and I'm on the front lines of people vying for my attention in these very small windows of time that I have, and I can realize faster that this is just really well marketed and it's talking about something that would do if they were in my shoes, but they're not. Then I have to be careful. I have to be weary. Now, does it mean that you have to just completely block everything off? No. And you know what? What's the worst that could happen if you invest the time, money and resources into learning something that maybe Not true just yet, maybe it's small. Maybe it's maybe it has a chance to do something really on the road. Maybe it just hasn't been able to be tested enough and we can be on the front lines of testing it. You know what? Great. Honestly, that's a fair point. Maybe that's the case. But as we talked about in our principal section of this module, we're probably better served to diversify our portfolio a little bit. That instead of looking for novelty in something that's impractical, Look for novelty in areas that you're not really good at or very proficient in. Look for areas or concepts that you can improve your potential to help someone on a larger scale. You know, I think we're so desperately looking for that area that that, quite frankly, we feel so inadequate in. And we've either. Shied away from it, or completely build up a wall away from it. Maybe that's the area we need to be looking for for continuing education, books, resources, like seminars, whatever it is. You know, and open up those blockage on that on that social media, and see what those folks are going into. Maybe you go, maybe you go. Man, I I still still think this is very situational dependent, or I still think this is something that is not really beneficial for my audience. It's fine, but at least now you know. Maybe you get a different approach to the things that we're all dealing with. Maybe you get a bunch of folks out there that are working their tails off every day, just like you, and trying to figure out how to best serve their customers and athletes on a daily basis without burning out, without breaking down, still staying interested themselves that every day you're gonna get what I call left field questions. That you're focused on coaching a single leg RDL and making sure that you're using the right hand with the right leg, and then you get a person in your left ear going to you saying, hey, what's your thoughts on intermittent fasting? And I'll be honest, it is hard to manage because our customers are inundated with information too. Our athletes are inundated with people, not just trying to give them information, but wanting their attention. Anyone who's worked with a Division I or professional athlete, you realize you are competing. And you don't realize it, but competing on a daily basis. If I have a hundred million dollar athlete plus, you know how many, you know how many coaches and trainers are offering their services for free? <coughs> I charge. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the best player in the world. I will charge you. And I tell them all the time, if you can get what I can do for free, you should definitely do that. I don't think you will, but you know what? If you can find the same level of service and quality of coaching and programming that I could provide for a fraction of the cost, if at no cost, you'd be an idiot not to do that. Now it comes down to opinion and it comes down to my job is to tell that person why I bring that much more value and why I'm worth what I'm worth. But on the other end, if I'm sitting there saying, "Yeah, that's his loss or her loss, then you know, quite frankly, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. And this is that other component we're talking about in principles is, as you start to get into a niche and you start to work with a group of professional athletes or celebrities or whatever, that's in this upper echelon of of training, and you can really really easily fall into this trap of and if that person just decides arbitrarily, they don't like you anymore. They want to move on to someone else. or they're moving and they want to do something with someone else, somewhere else, you're pretty much hanging out to dry. And then you're back to square one of, can I find another hundred million dollar athlete, or do I have to get back out there and work with everybody and be very good with everybody. And you could conform everyone to that program with that God gifted athlete or on the other end. You got to find effective ways to help a lot of different people with diverse needs that aren't really intuitively going to be good at this. So what I'm saying to you is right now is take a look at what you've read, what courses you've attended over the past, let's just say year, if not five years, and start to break down what made you get to that conclusion. What made you pull the trigger on getting that book or course? Why? You know, and you could share it with me on the module, which I would love to see that. I'm going to actually post that here in the forum. But as you came to that conclusion, ask yourself at that point in your career, how well versed were you within that subject matter? Were you really, really proficient in that? And if so, what was the person saying that sold you that course or book? That convince you to buy it? Was it something outside the realm of what you at that point knew to be true? And did you come back after the fact and say, that's really impractical. I'm not going to throw people under the bus here in this podcast, but I'll go through it on my case study on areas that quite frankly, are very impractical and had to work really hard to figure out how to apply and may not be the best use of my time. You have to go outside the, the circle and go to a bunch of people out there that are went through the same courses and ask them. And you might get a lot of head scratching of like, what do you mean? Just, it's information. You know, this is for us, it's not for our clients. You know, that, that part is, is wild on the trip, but when you're going through this stuff and you're asking yourself, am I already good at this? Do I really need to do this? Comparatively speaking to this other really big question of why am I choosing this? And is this often another subconscious thing that, quite frankly, is damaging me to damage to me in the long term? I don't know. I really don't. And a large part of this for me is just to illuminate a lot of things that you know, I personally struggle with. That I, when I consult people and when I work with young coaches, what they struggle with. When I'm trying to steer them in a direction that, you know, for instance, for example, my coaches that work for me, you know, their areas that I really want them to be proficient in are very simple. Can you coach groups? Can you coach one on one? And can you do screens and consults? And we have that all done for them. Just be excellent in those areas, and then. I want to encourage growth, and I want to encourage people seeking to become better. So I don't like to tell them they have to do this seminar course or read this book. I like to leave it open-ended. But with that being said, is on the other end, if they're choosing things that they're quite frankly already proficient in, what's in the best interest of them is for me to say, how about you seek outwards? How about you go to something that you don't really know or understand just yet? Because that's in their best interest and in doing so, it's in our business's best interest. But on the other end, it's the reality of the situation is nothing is permanent in our industry uh, that they can move, our business can fail. Someone get fired at a, a coaching job working with a team. Right now, it's December that I'm recording this. And, you know, a lot of people out there are looking for jobs. And they're faced with that reality of how how broad is your skill set in order to work with a very, very large group that we never work with, right? So if you've only worked football and you're applying for an Olympic sports position or vice versa, you know, like, you can get typecasted very easily. You can easily go in there. You know what's funny about that? I actually am extremely well-versed in these subject matters, and I've worked with several different clients or athletes that have very similar needs, and I can definitively say that I can provide a high level of service to your clients and athletes, and regardless of my back, short-term background, that I've worked really hard to make sure that I'm not limited in what I can do for my clients or athletes based off the, the demographic that I most recently worked with. There'll be stereotypes associated with it. But the other end, it's what's right for you in your long-term career and earnings viability is getting outside your comfort zone, stop being susceptible in the very narrowed focus to group hypotheticals, and try to provide as much high-level service to as much of a diverse audience as you possibly can. I hope that's making sense, guys. You know, it's not easy. You're listening to this podcast, probably can sit there and say like, how how do I know that you're not speaking hypotheticals? That's a great question. Well, oh, you and know, I could be lying that I'm working with seven hours today, or you can just go on any of my social media and realize I'm out there doing it. But on the other end, you know, what I would say to you is, you know, we're, we're, we're gonna be inherently or instinctually apprehensive and have our walls up and the more we've closed ourselves off to diverging philosophies and opinions the more those will be higher as opposed to as uncomfortable as it actually is taking down the walls and trying to hear what people are saying when they disagree with you. Instead of trying to say what you what you believe in response to what they believe, listen to them. And no one's saying that you have to respond on social media or just comment, just listen, read, listen, see what they're saying. And you know what? Maybe take a look at their social and think about, okay, this person's just doing a bunch of isolated videos themselves in 24 hour fitness on a Tuesday night. They're speaking a lot in hypotheticals, and their opinion is theirs right now based on a very limited body of evidence. The same thing said about someone out there just doing continuing education. You can see it, it screams off the page that all they have is a video of them talking in front of a camera. <laughs> Probably not working with a whole lot of people because if they were, they would have a lot of video to support it. And they would come to a conclusion that quite frankly, might be just a little bit different if they had to work with people and not come up with ideas to get you to buy stuff on an annual basis to support their livelihood. It's a very hard and very tough road to do continuing education for strength education because we're ravenous and we take up information rapidly. And on the other end, you have to come up with ideas or you lose your seat. So if you don't have constant stream of new products and new ideas to sell to someone, Eventually you start to go off into the oblivion and you become irrelevant. So what do you do? You start making stuff up. You start talking about ideas, what you would do that aren't really tested or proven. And maybe it works with some people. Maybe it resonates with some people. Maybe people are just in your camp or going to buy your stuff. But as a person that's out there with you doing that on a daily basis, coaching people on a daily basis has a direct impact on the businesses that I own, I don't have that luxury, that I have to push people in directions that are gonna make them more well-rounded and make them more proficient, regardless if I like that or not. I don't have a like or dislike of anything. I just look at it from the context that this is our best interest and a long-term viability of providing a high-level service so we can be profitable or I can be more valuable over time well filter your information guys went through principles went through practical good timing i know a lot of people are going to start to look for continuing education coming up here for uh the holidays and then into the new year Um, just every new cycle it's a whole new beginning so take your time go through this stuff i try to uh, dive into the module if you can because i think that's uh, an area too that if you haven't been utilizing between that and the forum i think there's a lot of other opportunities there to you know, check some checks and balances this whole thing. So, I um, appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys check out our case study on our module. We're going to go through how I choose my continuing education. I'll review some things that I went through, and maybe I got burnt on, or maybe that I didn't. Um, maybe there's a little longer delayed outcome. And then we'll have Ben Prentice to talk about uh, what he looks at in terms of filtering information for coaches. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.